the 2010s or the early 2010s is what I'm calling like the party music years. Ooh, dale. Exactly. It's because the one and only Pitbull. Oh. Yeah. My mom's favorite. She loves him. Mr. I, Mr. Worldwide. Welcome back to your next episode of the Educate Your Earbuds podcast. My name is Paulina. And I'm Gerald. How's it going on this fine day? It's going great. We are recording an awesome episode. Exactly. It's one that I think is very near and dear to my heart. But before we get into that, we are going to throw some music recs because we haven't done this in a little bit. And there's a lot of good music that just came out. So I'm going to start with a few obvious ones because there's some major obvious ones i think i can pick one of yours at least tell me the boys the boys the boys are back in town with a new ep what's it called so it's called the rest and if you don't know who we're talking about then you're obviously not an og listener to the podcast which shame on you you should be but the boys refers to boy genius aka phoebe bridgers lucy dacus and julian baker also known as Paulina's one true love. No. Or three true loves. Three true loves. Exactly. So yeah, that one was one of the kind of obvious ones. The other one is... What else you got for us today? Bad Bunny just dropped a new album. Bad Bunny, baby. Oh my gosh. So it's called Nadie Sabe Lo Que Va a Pasar Mañana. And I haven't listened to it fully, but the songs that I've listened to so far are fire. What's your favorite so far? Oh, I don't know. I mean, Un Preview was good, but that one came out kind of as a single before the record. Have you listened to Monaco yet? I have. Okay. What did you think of it? It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So the less obvious ones, and this is like the collab that I didn't even know I needed. And I know I've said this before about other people. Who is it? Paramore and Remy Wolf. Really? It's really good. So it's called You First. Actually, Paramore just dropped like a bunch of songs that are with random people. They threw one with Wet Leg together, which is also really good. So Mm -hmm. check that out. The next one is Glitter and Honey by Delwater Gap. I think I've talked about them before. They're indie, but they're really good. Sorry, I just have two more. The next one is 10 by Fred again. This is going to be almost as good as like Delilah, I think. Gotcha. And then this last one, this last one, I cannot, I cannot not stop listening to it. Did I say that right? I can't stop listening to it. You cannot. Yeah. Okay. I think I said it wrong the first time. Anyways. not stop. Yes. Can't not stop. It's called One of Your Girls. Wait, no, that's wrong. Can't stop. Yes. Not the Chili Pepper song. Besides the point, oh it's called gosh. One of Your Girls by Troy Sivan. It is so good. I haven't seen the music video, but he like performs in drag and he looks really good as a female. Yeah. I'm just saying like Troy Sivan is having such a moment. He better be at Coachella. Okay. Is all I'm saying. That's so. who you're rooting for. Yeah, that's one that, yeah, I think he's never performed there. He's been invited, like Charlie XCX brought him out last year, supposedly, but we didn't see her set. I saw, no, no, never mind, I didn't. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but I Mm -hmm. definitely did not. So that's my Rex. I think I had enough for the both of us, but if there's any that you want to throw out there, I guess Monaco by Bad Bunny. Yeah, no, you hit the one I was going to cover, so you beat me to it. But yeah, you definitely had plenty for both of us this week. There's just a, I think it's like release time and a lot of artists are like before the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess Bad Bunny is a good jumping off point for today's topic. 
Exactly. So we are recording this episode on the very last day of Hispanic Heritage Month. And for those that don't know, Hispanic Heritage Month goes from September 15th through October 15th. Mm -hmm. And so given that, you know, I am Hispanic and you are dating a Hispanic girly and we're wanting to learn more who oh i don't know it's Uh, not dua uh, (laughs) we just kind of figured that we do a our very first hispanic heritage month special yeah i guess i'll go ahead and jump into it Mm -hmm. and i guess i'll jump off with the first fun fact that i have which for those with keen ears you're we're recording on the last day yeah as you said it runs from september 15th through october 15th right so That's not like a normal... It's not like a normal starts on the first of the month. Exactly. And there's actually a specific reason for that. Okay. So it doesn't cover one single month. It goes from the middle of September to the middle of October. And it's a significant time frame because in a lot of Central American countries, they and just Latin American countries, they celebrate their independence days within that time frame. Really? I I mean, obviously, I know Mexico does, but what about the others? Trivia. The 16th of September. Bang. I'm not going to not know my own country. One for one. Oh my. Uh, But yeah, so actually starting on September 15th, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua. Nicaragua. I know. I stuttered on that one. Did I stutter? I I almost got through all the countries. (laughs) Yeah. Not with the great Hispanic accent, but Nicaragua. Those are all on September 15th. Oh, really? Yeah. How did I not know that? Wow. And basically the idea was, and I'll, I'll name some of the other ones in a, in a second, but the goal was to kind of align all these independent states within Hispanic Heritage Month mm-hmm. to show like the kind of community, the resilience and determination all within the Hispanic community. Right. Yeah. So some of the other ones, as you said, Mexico on the 16th, Chile on the 18th and Belize on the 21st of September. Wow. Yeah. That so, is a ton. Yeah, right. And I guess for those that don't know, the the general goal of Hispanic Heritage Month is recognizing the contributions, the mm-hmm. influence of Hispanic Americans to the history and achievements of the United States. Yeah. Kind of how they played an impact, recognize the culture as well. I mean, this country was built on immigrants. Yeah. I mean, now Hispanics and Latinx, that's the largest minority mm-hmm. in the United States. It was, so it was actually a week-long celebration originally. Uh, started in 1968 under President Lyndon B. Johnson. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And then it was actually expanded by surprisingly one of the bushes ronald reagan what in 88 so 20 years after i'm surprised that this was a reagan like it was expanded to a month under under him interesting so i guess one thing that i want to make sure that people know because i know other hispanic communities get super pissed but hispanic is not just mexicans yeah fyi and i guess so so that's the other thing we're gonna say hispanic latinx as well those are those are slightly two different things and i know you can probably explain this better than i can hispanic is countries uh, that were originated from spanish yeah or or descending from countries of hispanic descent so people from mexico colombia costa rica costa rica el salvador ecuador etc puerto rico yeah yeah versus you know countries from that descended from portuguese or or portugal (laughs) (laughs) they descended from a language oh my god (laughs) they just appeared countries that like were were they were colonized by portugal colonized by portugal yeah 
mm-hmm. Brazil. Yeah, that's kind of one of the main ones. Biggest one. I mean, some were colonized by the French, like Haiti and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think there were some Dutch as well. Yeah, so Latin American is, or Latino, Latina, Latinx, mm-hmm. that's countries or, or people that are either from Latin American countries or descendants that right. you know have since immigrated from Latin American countries. Exactly. And that's kind of the distinction between Hispanic specifically and... Latino, Latina, Latinx. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so given that, you know, Hispanic culture, we can't touch on it in just like one generalized episode Mm -hmm. because that would be a lot and we also didn't want to just pick a country and kind of deep dive into it yet we might do that yeah we might do that in the future but what we kind of wanted to deep dive in our first hispanic heritage month special is actually the globalization of hispanic music so everyone knows hispanic music isn't just having a moment right now it is the moment it is literally the moment but it didn't start as of bad bunny it's been a long time coming i think right now it's just it's not even reached its peak it's just it's having another moment in yeah. history. I think it's just grown exponentially. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that. And it's kind of a big topic to discuss. So bear with us because we're going to try to do our best to kind of just go in a holistic approach of this. Yeah, I kind of wanted to start by breaking up into waves. I think that's kind of the easiest way to give people an intro. Into- you've been uh, you've been watching me run too much. You're thinking in waves and corrals. And oh starts. my gosh. Yeah. Corral one. Corral exactly. Two. So this is wave one. Yeah, exactly. The and- fast runners. Oh. <laughs> so this is kind of like the first introductions to hispanic music or latin music outside of latin american countries Mm -hmm. it's the beginning of the globalization okay and it kind of started back in the 40s 50s really i didn't i did not expect it to be that early that's where like i'm defining kind of the first big wave okay and surprisingly it's for a reason you might not expect what do you mean? So it was a lot of Americans. As you know, in the 40s, World mm-hmm. War II was going on. Right. So aside from Europe being, you know, all thrown into that, the U.S. was pulled into it. Yeah. Countries that weren't involved in that, Latin American countries. You're right. None of them. No, none of them. I mean, Germany tried to get Mexico involved. Yeah. But but they failed. We're yeah. like, no, we're not about that. Exactly. But basically, a lot of Americans were kind of looking for an escape. Mm-hmm. And they opted for Latin music and media as a way to interesting to like kind of get away from everything that was going on with the war. And that continued in the 50s. I mean, there's the was Korean that, War, too. So was that because these Latin American countries weren't involved in it? So they weren't necessarily discussing it as much? Well, people didn't associate Latin yeah. music with everything that was going on. That makes sense. With the war effort. That makes sense. The war effort was a a total thing. Everyone at the home front was involved in in the labor force and conserving food. Yeah, literally everything. Every aspect of the economy was made for the war. Exactly. And we kind of touched on the idea of escapism on our Jimmy Buffett special. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of people like that idea getting away from, you know, their reality. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the first transition into hispanic and latin american music okay it then kind of continued into the 60s there were a few big names that popped up one of your favorites 
Santana? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, exactly. I love Santana. He's such a vibe. So yeah, he was big in the 60s. He actually played at the original Woodstock. I think I remember seeing that in some like documentary. Did we watch an original Woodstock documentary? Or maybe they talked about it in Woodstock 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some other big names from this era, Julio Iglesias. Iglesias. For those people that don't know, that's Enrique Iglesias' dad. I guess I'll jump off the bat. Please uh, ignore my bad <laughs> accent in He's this He's just a little white boy. Yeah. So uh, defer to Paulina for all... We'll say my name right then. Paulina. There you for go. For all uh, correct pronunciations, pronunciations of names and songs and anything I mess up. Yeah. Sorry He's trying that. though. Give him a A for effort. Yeah. But a few other names, Vicente Fernandez, Mm -hmm. Los Tigres del Norte. Yeah, regional music, still kind of going on, so. Can you translate that last one for us? The Tigers of the North. Uh, Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. I I actually did know that one. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, so proud of you. So this kind of continued, I think I just said the 60s, but this was also a little bit of the 70s as well. I mean, yeah, Santana's still been... I mean, he's been big since I don't think he ever went away. Right. Vicente for a while, Los Tigres del Norte as well. Yeah. I I think all of these. But in the 70s, obviously salsa music saw a big boom in the United States. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a lot of the New York is very famous for that. That's kind of where salsa dance was was modernized, popularized. Even It's from, I think, Cuba originally. Yeah. But is that also because like New York has Cubans, Dominicans, Puerto 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 Ricans? Yep. Yep, that's exactly the reason. So that makes sense. It's also had a huge boom because of New York in specific. And I also am thinking like West Side Story because that whole thing was like the Puerto Rican gangs versus the white gang. I'm going to be honest, I've never seen West Side Story. I saw the new one. I've never seen the original. Anyways, that kind of shows some of the starts of mm-hmm. like the mesh of the cultures in my opinion yeah yeah but sorry go ahead no you're good you're good so this kind of i'd say this first wave kind of continues into the 80s mm-hmm. as well maybe even a little bit into the 90s early and some but, of the big 80s people who would that have been so biggest one in my opinion gloria estefan yes that, yeah that's who i would pick luis miguel yeah another big one juan luis Gore. Guerra. Juan Luis Guerra. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Okay. (laughs) You're so cute. I need you to speak Spanish. I saw this thing. I think it was Barry Manilow. He invited Luis Miguel to do some ballads. No, it wasn't Barry Manilow. It was Frank Sinatra. (laughs) I'm sorry. Quite a mix up there. Quite a mix up. Yeah. Anyways, Luis Miguel is actually on tour right now doing like a kind of think of like the era's tour version but for luis miguel music yeah and people are going wild like traveling mainly i think to the u.s is where most of his shows are at at least right now is his current tour Mm -hmm. so anyone that's big on luis miguel right now or luis me go buy some of his tickets to the tour yeah, there are some other big artists from this era, and obviously I'm not going to be able to name them all. Yeah, this is like not going to be all-inclusive because there's obviously too many. Yeah, but I will go through a few more. Celia Cruz, mm-hmm. Tito Puente, mm-hmm. Sheila E. is what most people know her as. Her, her full name is Sheila Escovedo. Escovedo, yeah. Escovedo. She was Mexican-American, I think? I believe so, Okay. yeah. And Linda Ronstadt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was, I believe, she was American. I don't know what country, like, her okay. heritage is from, though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those are kind of some other big names of what I call this first wave. So... First foray into 
Latin American music. So I guess one thing that I think maybe some people will be, especially people that aren't up to speed with Hispanic music history, but would know like current Hispanic music, was reggaeton like already a thing? Like, is that the genre that people were? And I know the answer. I'm just posing it to now, you. So, so the what more, were the predominant genres? The more popular genres at this time, I already said salsa, right. obviously. Mambo, cha-cha music, mm-hmm. some Latin and more specifically Cuban jazz okay. was big. Early Latin pop and Latin dance pop okay. were pretty big, as well as obviously your boy Santana with the Latin, Latin rock. rock kind of bringing it home yeah those were a lot of the big ones and it kind of corresponds with what was popular at that time time. you know 80s was glam rock rock and 80s pop and stuff like that right so that makes sense so who do we think actually made it mainstream so i don't necessarily think it was anyone in the first wave except for maybe like santana and gloria Estefan. yeah and and iglesias and, and Julio Iglesias, kind of. Yeah. He, I guess to my knowledge, he probably was as big as Enrique, but Enrique seems like he's been continuing for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I think this kind of second wave is where we're going to start getting into those big names who, who really made it mainstream, not even just in the U.S., but globally as so well. So you'd say the second wave was bigger than the first? Yes. You, want, you could almost call it a tsunami. Oh, there you go. The tsunami of this second wave. I like it. We're going to take it and roll with it. So who was in the second wave? The first one. And I would say that this is probably someone who's much more popular in Mexico than in other countries, but he's pretty huge as Alejandro Fernandez. Okay. He is Vicente Fernandez's son. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. So lots I don't of, think I ever put that connection together for yeah, some reason. Lots of pairings, you know, this one. And you'd probably know her, Selena. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's huge. Yeah, so she kind of popularized Tejano music. And they kind of call it like the golden age of Tejano music. And it ended when she was shot and killed, which was March 31st, 1995. For uh, all those listeners who aren't from where we're from, do you want to enlighten them what Tejano means? Texan. Basically, yeah. Mexicans living in Texas. Yeah. So that Selena was one of the really big ones that Mm -hmm. people, especially because she was Mexican-American, I think that kind of brought people more into her music, I Mm -hmm. guess, in a sense. The next one, I'm just going to say this, but Santana obviously continued to make waves, big splashes in the 90s. Probably his biggest song is kind of from this era too, right? I don't know if that's his biggest song, but it's his biggest as far as what american or english speaking listeners would probably know fair fair so if you don't know what song i'm talking about it was the hit smooth released in 1999 by obviously santana and rob thomas who i think rob thomas kind of like went away i don't really know what happened to him but this song was huge i don't think i realized it was rob thomas that ever was the singer Mm -hmm. in this song i love that song it's Mm -hmm. a great song the next one is a personal fave, Marky Mark, Mark Anthony. Oh, yeah. Mark he, Anthony is so good. He has probably one of my top songs. Not from, oh, the, yeah. not from this era, though, surprisingly. Yeah, so, so a lot of the ones that came in the 90s came to stay. Yeah, they've been around for multi, 30, multi-decades yeah, now. Exactly. You know, you can't talk about Hispanic music without bringing up 
Mark Anthony. Mm -hmm. You also can't talk about Hispanic music and really what drove the globalization without talking about Ricky Martin. Oh, Ricky Martin. I mean, Ricky Martin, he did a lot of the music, the same songs he would do in Spanish and in English. And the flashy outfits, And the flashy outfits, the dancing. Mm -hmm. He, I think was doing a lot that was kind of like jump starting this like globalization. Actually, I'm pretty sure that him, Enrique Iglesias, and I don't know who the third big one is, but they're all going on tour together very soon. So it's really? gonna Yeah, it's like a big it's like a trio. They're gonna be at crypto in a couple months. So definitely check out I'm blanking on who the third person is, but mm-hmm. it'll come to me. So then obviously I just mentioned the next one, but Enrique Iglesias. Huge global phenomena made yeah. appearances in How I Met Your Mother. He was oh yeah, he was in that, he did wasn't guest he? Star. I forgot yeah. about that. Well, and like Enrique Iglesias was one that was kind of a heartthrob. So he had a lot go. He was like dating models and, you know, and, all that. Yeah. And he had like the heritage from his dad as exactly. well. Exactly. So, so you could call him everything. a Nepo baby, but. <laughs> Full package. Exactly. So you obviously can't think about Mark Anthony without thinking about his past spouse. Who am I talking about? j-lo exactly yeah. i okay you're not a j-lo fan yeah maybe people are gonna come in for this i've never been a huge j-lo fan personally i uh, think j-lo it's... has her time in place for yeah, sure yeah yeah yeah. but i have other others that i go for yeah but she arguably was one of the ones that kind of helped drive this like I globalization agree. I forward 100 percent. exactly no hate to her for that and then we can't not mention the 90s without talking about the origins of in my opinion, the queen of Latin music herself right now. Who's that? Shakira, Shakira. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, the old, okay, exactly. When I was saying I had others, I'd go for, yeah. yeah. Shakira would be my number one. She's one I that she better be headlining Coachella. Shakira. Yeah. yeah. I'll be so for that. Yeah. So now that you think about it, how many of these have already been they performed at the Super Bowl like J-Lo and Shakira did. There's been like a lot more of this. They're kind of home names or family. Like you you know these names versus some of the past ones you wouldn't necessarily recognize unless you were really into Hispanic culture. Yeah, well, so I never knew. Maybe I always thought it might have just been because I'm younger. So I wouldn't have known the older music. But looking back now, I definitely think a lot of those people from the 90s have had huge longevity. They have. Not saying the ones from that first wave haven't. Santana, Julio Iglesias, like Mm -hmm. they're still around. Yeah. But like Shakira never went away. She she released, you know, banger after banger for years and she continued to be featured. Like she was with David Guetta. Yeah. In that one song. She's been with the Black Eyed Peas. Also she did in that the song. she did the World Cup song, Waka Waka. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she hasn't gone away for sure. I would agree with you. She's definitely the queen of Latin pop. Yeah. And probably the one who I would say has done more for the globalization of it than maybe anyone else. I would honestly kind of agree. Mm-hmm. So one thing that was funny is one of the articles I was reading dubbed her as the Latin Alanis Morissette. That's funny. Yeah, I'm like, well, I guess in her early days, I could see it. Her music now is not so much like Yeah, that. no. But back in the day, she did used to be a little more Alanis-y. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that brings us to the 2000s, which I feel like I'm going to call this era the rise of reggaeton. This okay. is where I feel like reggaeton was like started to become accepted by people outside of Cuba, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, and 
kind of was coming to the U.S. I feel like yes and no. It was yes, but by selected artists. Yeah. Versus now, like the whole genre itself is accepted. Yeah, for sure. So some of those big names, Daddy Yankee, obviously, Ivy Queen, Luisini Yandel, Don Omar, Mm -hmm. Calle Trece. They were really big in the 2000s. One honorable mention that is not reggaeton, Cristina Aguilera. Mm, Also very big. Mm -hmm. Did she get started in the late 90s? I think she She, started kind of like late, late 90s, early 2000s. 2000s was definitely like she's going on the up and up. She was like with the NSYNC Backstreet Boys wave, but like kind of on the like tail end. Yeah. And then the 2010s or the early 2010s is what I'm calling like the party music years. Ooh, dale. Exactly. It's because the one and only Pitbull. Oh. Yeah. My mom's favorite. She loved him at the time. Mr. Mr. Worldwide. (laughs) Maybe that's the one who's doing with Enrique Iglesias and... um, Is he touring with him? I don't know. It could be Pitbull. I'll have to check back on that. Exactly. But the party years, yes. Mr. Worldwide, Pitbull. You know, I've never seen him live. And I think as much as he's kind of cringy, no one doesn't get down to Pitbull. I think I had a chance to see him for free once. We both did. We were at that like Orange Bowl at the year that he came to the Orange Bowl in Miami. I believe so. If there was that year, then I had two chances to see him and I missed him. March Madness, they do like free concerts mm-hmm. the weekend of. The year it was in Houston, they had the concert. We tried going and they wouldn't let us in because they were at capacity, but Pitbull was performing. It was a huge lineup that year, I remember. But he was one of them? Yeah, he was one of them. And I was super annoyed because I'm like, we actually have tickets to the game. Let us in. Like, so note to self, any March Madness attendees, if there's a free concert, get there early. Well, yeah, like look. Yeah, definitely get there early. I thought we got there early enough, but I guess it filled up earlier in the day. Okay. Well, getting back to just the 2010s and what I deem as the party years, I think this is when J Balvin kind of started. Started. Well, I'm sure they were already a thing, but this is when I feel like they started growing, growing, growing. Yeah, I'd agree. Pitbull's definitely my top from that decade, though. Yeah. And that leads us to the late 2010s to today, which I would just call globalization ultra globalization i guess i call it the bad money era yeah he's ruled it for sure yeah so just a couple like tidbits between 2016 and 2017 spanish language entries on the billboard hot 100 rose from 4 to 19 wow pretty big increase five times Mm -hmm. then in 2018 the consumption of latin albums outpaced that of both edm and country music in the u.s I'm not surprised it outpaced country. I'm surprised it outpaced EDM. EDM with yeah. how big EDM is right now. Mm-hmm. So, And then in the U.S. alone, Latin music dominated 6.6% of the total market in the first half of 2022, with streaming formats accounting 97% of all Latin music revenues. So it's probably only behind hip-hop at the moment. I would say so. Would be my guess. Yeah. So what are some of the current artists dominating this space? Obviously, we've talked about Bad Bunny. He was the most streamed artist in 2022 and has been the and most streamed artist three for three years, years in a row. Yeah, exactly. so that's why I'm calling it the Bad Bunny era because he's, he's ruled the charts. He has ruled the charts, um, but it hasn't been without a lot of these people also being kind of thrown in there. Yeah, and a lot of them kind of doing the legwork for him too. Yeah, I would say so. Some of the other big ones, again, we already talked about J Balvin, Maluma, Osuna, Rao Alejandro, 
obviously Shakira still, Rosalia, Carol G, Becky G. The and G's then bringing in. The G's. The, and then the young kind of new kids on the block mm-hmm. a little bit. And then some of the ones that are kind of more regional music, like Mexican, mm-hmm. Grupo Frontera and Peso Pluma. So gotcha. All of those are kind of current artists dominating these spaces. Bad Bunny brought out Peso Pluma, didn't he? No, I think Becky G did. Oh, Becky G. That's yeah. who it was. Bad Bunny brought out Tiny. Gotcha. Yeah. But again, there's so many. We're definitely leaving a ton of people behind. A lot behind. of people off. We're Can't just name everyone. Yeah. We're just kind of talking about the ones that we feel like are dominating globally, not just obviously in their respective countries. Mm-hmm. I guess questions mm-hmm. going kind of all over the place with these. Do you think there were any specific songs that kind of launched Latin music into this current era of popularity, what it is now? Yeah. I think... There's kind of four main ones that I would say, obviously, excluding the first wave people, but this is more from the tsunami, like yeah, you referenced. It's like current generation. Yeah. So the first one, I would definitely say Gasolina by Daddy Yankee. Mm-hmm. People would not stop singing that song. And I think that's what brought reggaeton to the forefront. I like that song, but it got super annoying. That's just fair. Just with how often people were playing it. That's fair. Another one, and this isn't a song that's in Spanish. Actually, she might have made a Spanish version of it. She probably did. But I'm thinking of how it took over here in the US was Hips Don't Lie by uh, Shakira. That song never gets old, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And I think that's obviously any Hispanic person already knew who Shakira was at that point. Mm-hmm. In the US, I don't know if she was as well known I yet. think that's, that's kind of like the song that got her big in the US. And globally, probably. Mm-hmm. Then this one by Mr. Worldwide, I Know You Want Me. Eh. I don't know why I want you. That was, I think that was the song that blew him up globally, right? Yeah, I was thinking it was either that or the song that he did with Neo, like the Give Me Everything. I think that was later, though. Probably. I think was like next album. Right. But that was when Pitbull was like seriously having a moment. Mm-hmm. And then we can't talk about songs that really launched Latin music to its global market without talking about Despacito. Ah, uh, uh. Yeah. I'm not a Biebs fan. I know you're not a Biebs fan. And I personally obviously like the original Luis Fonsi version better. Mm-hmm. Because because you've karaoke'd it. I have. But also, it's, it's insulting that Justin Bieber didn't even try to learn the lyrics. Or like learn it more than to just be able to like record it. Right. Like the part that... And so... He, I don't... Has he ever sung it live? I think he had at some points and like people... Like he wasn't able to sing through it so it's annoying to me that he was capitalizing on a market that he didn't understand didn't appreciate and like really had kind of no business being there at the same time it's kind of like a welcome thing that you know latin music got put in such a big stage at that point yeah i don't know i mean i can't really knock him for that because that's basically what every crossover song does when it takes two people from different genres what do you mean I mean, you have the Selena Gomez Afrobeat song. Yeah. yeah that's, but that's, I, I'm blanking on the name off the top of my with head. With Rima. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really kind of any any music that crosses over genres, they're both like taking something from it. But I'd venture to say that some people probably tried a little bit better than others. And I'll talk about one of those collabs that I think was a little bit better. But just to kind of give you a perspective on how big this Pasito was, 
it's obviously one of the most streamed songs in history. I think on YouTube, it's probably the most streamed song. I think before that, it was Gangnam Style. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised it even overtook Gangnam Style. Yeah, no, it did. That was huge. It spent 16 consecutive weeks on the Billboard charts. And oddly enough, this was the first time in Billboard history that two non-English language songs, so it was obviously Despacito, and then the other was Mi Gente by J Balbin and Willie Williams. Mm. It was this first time that two Spanish songs had appeared in the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100 simultaneously. At the same time? Oh, yeah. gotcha. First time ever. Again, Despacito was huge. As much as we don't like to give Biebs credit, him being on that song definitely helped. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't knock, like, as much as I don't like him, I can't deny the fact that, like, that song kind of was a game changer right in some ways but i guess do you think it was kind of that specific song or those songs or something else Mm -hmm. that kind of drove latin music taking over other countries around the globe I think there's kind of like four main factors. The first is some of these artist collaborations. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't the only one, but like there's, for example, SG was released in 2022 and that had Osuna, who's from Puerto Rico. It had Megan Thee Stallion, who's American. Mm -hmm. It had DJ Snake, who's French. And then Lalisa Manobal, who's a Thai K-pop star. Gotcha. So collabs like that. Other great examples are Mia by Drake and Bad Bunny. Oh, yeah. And that's one where Drake raps in spanish Mm -hmm. and i would venture to say drake actually learned the lyrics in spanish and then another one and i know you hate her but i like it with cardi 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 b i'm already i'm saying cardi b yeah you got the accent (laughs) name it was cardi b bad bunny and j balvin Mm -hmm. so those collabs really help obviously like putting it on a bigger stage Another kind of component, I would say, is the rise of Latin trap music. So we've Hmm. talked about in past episodes how hip hop and rap being a subsect of hip hop is the biggest genre right now. Yeah. So Latin trap, which kind of has a mix of like reggaeton and like mumble rap, has Mm. become more and more popular. Gotcha. I think that is a component of it. The next one, and it's kind of a like duh one. Could you guess? No. Social media. Oh, just like so, people just like posting it all over people posting media the rise of TikTok. It's really boosted like Latin music's popularity, mm-hmm. as similarly to other genres like K-pop. Those are much bigger, whether we like it or not, because of social media and like gotcha. them becoming trending viral songs. Yeah. One example for. Ex- one example, for example, yeah. is Ella Baila Sola. This one was released March 17th of 2023, mm-hmm. and it went viral. And it became the first regional Mexican song in history to reach the top 10 on the Billboard Global Charts. So regional Mexican, even a lot of Mexican people don't listen to it because it's it's like country music. It's you like know? music from a specific state in yeah. Mexico. And so the fact that this kind of music is even going viral now is showing kind of like okay it's not just reggaeton now it's all latin music hispanic music Mm -hmm. and then the biggest driver i think was streaming Mm -hmm. so think about it and like who controlled music before streaming record labels exactly record labels distributors media outlets and where were those established u.s u.s uk yeah so english-speaking countries so once streaming became a thing artists realized like they don't need to be signed to one of these major labels to go viral and to have people listen to their music they can literally just put it out there exactly Mm -hmm. 
Social media helps with that too. Exactly. So really, I think the biggest drivers for sure are the rise of streaming and social media. Yeah, kind of it decentralizes the music making process a little Mm -hmm. bit. Exactly. I guess with that, do you have any final comments? I mean, I know you've definitely started listening to more Hispanic music, probably because we've been dating, but do you think you would have listened to it without that? Yeah, yeah. Probably a little bit more so because we're dating, but I would have definitely gotten into it Mm -hmm. with or without you. Yeah. It's just, you know, become such like a kind of global phenomenon. Mm-hmm. It's like a mo- like I think we said it, it's like a moment in history with the way it is like currently. Right. But I mean, I was into it before you too, at least certain parts of it. Like I've listened to Shakira for years. Exactly. Among a few other people. So Exactly. So I guess the last kind of thing that whenever I was researching, it was it popped up a few times was that is the rise of reggaeton sidelining other hispanic genres yeah for sure you think so yeah why is that that's what the focus is right now Mm -hmm. i don't think it'll last like i think eventually it'll break out but reggaeton is kind of the latin version of hip-hop at the moment like it's just dominating the the charts yeah yeah so i think it's i think it's here to stay for the time being Mm -hmm. because of that and i think because of that when one genre Mm-hmm. has so many listeners like that does take away listeners from other types of music yeah so and so i think other people are trying to bring other aspects or other genres of hispanic music to the forefront mm-hmm. so that you know they're not sidelined by reggaeton and i'm curious to see what happens with that yeah i'm down to see too i'm yeah. interested to see like how it progresses exactly and so with that we really hope you guys liked our first annual hispanic heritage month special Mm -hmm. i mean obviously i like it i don't know if you enjoyed learning about it no i did it helped me learn a little bit of the history that i didn't know Mm -hmm. before yeah since we're younger exactly so because you guys are probably going to be listening to this through the very end then you guys might as well rate us five stars if you think we deserve it yeah it really does help it helps us bring these episodes to you each week as well as liking and sharing this with your friends yes drop us a review too if you want to give us any feedback you can also give us feedback at our email educate.your.earbuds at gmail.com you can also find us on our socials what are those on instagram we're educate.your.earbuds.pod same handle on threads and then tiktok we're educate.your.earbuds so go listen to some hispanic music as we close out hispanic heritage month thanks for listening bye y'all